Welcome to Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla, where it's you who sets the conversation. Join us for the next hour as we take a fresh look at how we think about spirituality. Welcome and I hope you're having a great week. It is Fresh Thinking time. You're together with every other person who listens to Fresh Thinking. So we call everybody the Fresh Thinkers. Maybe, maybe that's how we should do it. And this is where we explore, this is where we think, this is where we try and see things from a unique perspective. Not just the same old hashed, rehashed material that we consistently are exposed to. So that's why it's great to be with you. It's, it's always great to be with you on Thursday afternoons. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, and this is your invitation to participate, to share your thoughts, to ask your questions, to offer your perspectives, so most of the action takes place on social media. And if you need to find us on social media, it's either myself or it's Chai FM on either Twitter or on Facebook. So on Twitter, it's at Chai FM or at Rabbi Shish. And on Facebook, it's Chai FM or Rabbi Ari Shishla. That's where you can find us. You can make your comments, answer the questions that I throw out, share your views. Otherwise... If you have the Telegram app, you can message us on 0618-951019 or via the good old-fashioned SMS 34519. So what are we going to be talking about today? Well, I came across a very interesting thought that saw a very interesting piece of information, Torah information, that sparked a whole cascading series of thoughts in my head. And that's all about constructive criticism. So that's what we're going to be speaking about today is a Torah perspective and, of course, your perspective on constructive criticism. Because it's a great phrase and it sounds really good and it sounds encouraging and it sounds positive and it sounds transformative. But like many other things, in theory, it all sounds good. In practice, not necessarily so much. So that's what we're going to talk about, constructive criticism is it always constructive or how do you know how can you tell if the constructive criticism that you intend to give is actually constructive how do you know or how do you know if the constructive criticism that you have received is in fact criticism that you should take on board because sometimes that is the challenge right is we hear about uh, things or we hear criticism, we don't like it, so we don't want to take it on board. Sometimes we make ourselves too open to everybody's opinions and their insights and their criticism, and then we take too much on board. You know, we've just finished not long ago the counting of the Oymer. We've just celebrated the holiday of Shavuot, Shavuos, and a big part of the run-up to the holiday of Shavuos during the period of the counting of the Oymer is to do a lot of personal work in terms of identifying different elements of our character, how they operate, what their strong points are, what their weak points are, and how we can improve ourselves. And a significant piece of that personal work is to ask ourselves, when do we allow people to trespass on our emotions or our thinking? When do we onboard things that we shouldn't actually consider? And that's part of those conversations. How do you know, either if you're the person who wants to share the constructive criticism or if you're on the receiving end and somebody has given you what they argue is constructive criticism, well, how do you know it really is? How do you know it's actually constructive? How do you know that it's actually beneficial? And what motivated this is 
there's a magnificent, and you know they say dynamite comes in small packages. There's a magnificent book. It's called the Hayoim Yoim, which means today is the day, or it means day by day, which is the earliest published work of the Lubavitcher Rebbe. And in it, he has this short and often very powerful insight for every day of the Jewish calendar year. And today's entry was a quotation from one of his predecessors who said that you should embrace constructive criticism because it can elevate you to the highest experiences, which is it's, – it's a profound thought because many, many people, maybe the majority of people – are averse to criticism. We don't like somebody telling us that this needs to be improved or we're not doing that so well, whatever the criticism might be. So it's natural for us to put up our defenses and say, leave me alone, you don't know me. And even if you think you know me, you don't, you're not giving me appropriate advice. I don't want to hear your criticism. I don't want to be hurt. I don't want to be made to feel like I'm less than worthy. And yet, on the other hand, here he's saying that if a person is open and welcoming of criticism, specifically construct, well, of constructive criticism, obviously if it's not constructive, there is no value. There's only hurt. But that begs the question, how do you know, both as the one sharing the criticism or the one receiving the criticism, how do you know that it's actually constructive? How do you know if it is the kind of thing that could catapult you to Tremendous growth and an elevated state of being. And how do you know if it's something that might, God forbid, crush you? It's, it's a valuable and possibly a really important question for us to explore. So that's, that's what I thought we'd, we'd talk about over here today because we do know. And it's interesting that this came up, Dafka, this week because at the beginning of this week, somebody sent me a, a WhatsApp. And the question that we're asking the WhatsApp was, they live in a very religious environment and they have a responsibility, a leadership position within that religious environment. And they know that part of their responsibility as a leader and as a religious leader and as an educational leader is that sometimes you have to be able to call people out on behaviors that are not ac- acceptable, that are not appropriate. And we all have this responsibility. We all have the responsibility as parents, as good friends to other members of our community or, or to our circle of friends as teachers, as rabbis, rebbitsons, various other forms of communal leaders, we have a responsibility at times to call out inappropriate behavior, which means that we carry a responsibility sometimes to show or to express constructive criticism to other people. And this particular person who asked in this particular WhatsApp, they wanted to know, well, how do you know? How do you know when it's appropriate? How do you know how to do it? If you have a look at some of our classical sources, and maybe we'll have an opportunity still today to talk about some of those classical sources. But you have a look at some of the suggestions in the classical sources about how to share criticism. It seems quite foreign to what's acceptable or would be embraced in today's society, where we are, dare I say, a little less resilient possibly than they were in the past. Because it does sound like, previous generations you could tell it to them directly and they would they would handle it it wouldn't wouldn't destroy them they wouldn't need weeks of therapy to recover from the fact that oh my gosh did you hear what somebody said to me and it feels often like we're not as resilient in today's times 
So this person was asking the question, how, how do we, how are we to understand this? You know, the cl- classical sources and the things that the classical sources teach us about how to criticize another person who isn't exactly on, on the mark and not on the path and not behaving in the way that they should. How do you do it without being completely rejected and without causing them damage? We are not permitted to cause somebody else any form of hurt, any kind of emotional damage. So what initially to me was just this one-liner in today's entry into the Hayom Yom, this profound book of daily growth, one-liner suddenly exploded into a whole massive area of exploration. What is considered acceptable criticism? Who is qualified? Who has the rights to criticize another person? And, and again, using the disclaimer that it's constructive criticism. Okay. So objectively, it might be constructive criticism. Who has the authority to be allowed to share that kind of constructive criticism with somebody else? Under what circumstances? There really are many questions to unpack. So my first question to you is, how do you know when constructive criticism is in fact constructive that we'll start our conversation there and if you'd like to participate in that conversation as i mentioned the best way is through social media because there's a lot of banter that typically happens on both twitter and facebook either mine or the chai fm uh, i'm rabbi shish on twitter chai fm is chai fm otherwise you can find us on facebook alternatively you can always send your comments and insights via telegram on 0618951019 or you could just use the plain sms system 34519 this is fresh thinking with rabbi ari shishla and today we're talking about criticism constructive criticism and dafka emphasized it that way because for many people when they hear the expression constructive criticism they probably automatically put the word constructive into quotations because that's the contentious part of it, right? Criticism. That's, I don't think there's any debate. Criticism is not a healthy thing. It's not a useful thing. It doesn't help people. On the other hand, constructive criticism. Okay, maybe that might be a bit of a mitigating factor. Maybe there is a way in which we could, you know, share criticism with somebody else and it actually would be acceptable. So my question to you firstly is, how can you tell if constructive criticism is actually constructive. Here is Lev on Twitter who says, when it is given with honesty, compassion, and has positive effects and outcomes for those concerned. Three points, right? Honesty, compassion, and has a positive outcome. So let's analyze those three points because I think this is quite insightful. First of all, I would switch it around. I would put compassion before honesty. Because if you really are going to be giving constructive criticism, it would have to come from a place of care. It would have to come from a place of compassion. It couldn't come from a a place of arrogance, one-upmanship, expectation, even religious expectation. Because the minute we try to impose our value system or our perspective onto somebody else, it's not going to land up being a constructive process. So, yes, you're saying honesty, compassion – and, and has a positive impact. And I'm saying I think the compassion must come before the honesty. But again, may, maybe others will disagree and, and that's fine and you're more than welcome to put forward your particular view and perspective on it. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe honesty does have to 
precede compassion. The thing is, if the criticism is not honest, if it's a dishonest for whatever reason, if it's loaded or if it's over-exaggerated, obviously it's not going to be effective. So to say that in order for constructive criticism to have a positive impact or to actually be constructive criticism, it's got to be honest, that's absolutely true. People are often so afraid of that kind of honesty, that confrontational honesty. I'll I'll be honest. It's not my strong set. I don't love being candid with people. And telling them this is, you know, what you need to be doing differently, even though ironically it's probably part of my job. And I'm not saying I never do it. It's just not necessarily so simple to have that honesty. You know, many of us, we try to sugarcoat or to buffer and say, listen, I don't mean (laughs) – my favorite, not favorite line is, I don't mean to offend you, but that's not honest. (laughs) That's not honest. There's a beautiful story that the there was a – I don't remember exactly what the details were, but the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe once re- re- received a letter from somebody, and the letter was full of accolades. And at the end of the letter, the person said, but there's a particular area that I disagree with you about. And the previous Rebbe said, the English language has this magical word, but, that is able to undo everything that was said before it. <laughs> so I don't mean to offend you, but – essentially is a way of saying, I actually do mean to offend you. (laughs) So that's not honest. That's not an honest means of trying to share constructive criticism. And I'm not suggesting that the person should say that the alternative is to say, I do mean to offend you. That's obviously ridiculous. I think the integrity has to be in actually not intending to offend the person, actually being interested in helping the person. That's why I would put the word compassion before the word honesty. But the third point over here that Lev makes on Twitter, which is that it's a positive or creates a positive outcome for all those who are concerned. One of the rules of thumb that you can always apply to any kind of spiritual engagement, any kind of concept within Judaism is that you always see the value of something based on the outcome. So if the outcome is positive, if the outcome strengthens a person, helps a person, guides a person, well, then obviously it was coming from the right place. If the outcome is that the person feels crushed, the person feels a sense of lack of confidence, uh, like uh, it hurts the person, well, then obviously it's come from the wrong place. But that you can only know after the fact. And, of course, we want to be able to examine these things before the damage is done. Here's Andre who says, I like this a lot. So Andre sent us a message via Telegram which says, using the word criticism cannot be used in the same sentence or in conjunction with constructive. I like this, right? Listen carefully to this. There's no, that, this is no different from looking into the pram and saying to the parents, your baby's eyes are too close together. <laughs> so I'm not quite sure what's constructive about that, but that's, I don't even think that's criticism. I think that's insult, which is worse than criticism. But I take your point. That to put the word constructive and the word criticism in the same phrase is is inaccurate. They're paradoxical and it's an oxymoron and they don't work together. Continuing with Andre's point, he says the words need to be changed. Can I offer constructive commentary? So I don't know. Constructive commentary, sorry, but to me that sounds like semantics. It sounds like a person really means criticism, but they just don't want to say it that way. But I like the next point that you've said. Can I offer some advice on this matter? So that's good. Again, you've got to be careful because when you offer advice, it could sound bombastic 
I am the great advisor who's coming to advise you. Um, good point, but uh, Andre's point is criticism is not at all constructive, and I absolutely agree with that. And I was hoping that we'd hear something along those lines, because the word, the word criticism, what is its Hebrew equivalent, I wonder? Because the, the word in the Hayom Yom that I was quoting earlier is the word bikores. Now, now, in its classical classical usage, because the word bikores is used in the Torah, it's investigation, probing. So it's constructive probing as opposed to constructive criticism. Because I really do take this point that criticism, by and large, is not constructive. In fact, if the attitude is a critical attitude, if you're looking at somebody with a critical eye, it's not going to be constructive. The, the, when the previous Lubavitcher, Rabbi Yosef Yitzhakov Lubavitch, was a young boy, he once asked his father, how come it is that God created us with two eyes? And his father said to him, well, you have a kind eye, which is your right eye, and you have a critical eye, which is your left eye. Your Kind eye is the way that you're supposed to look at everybody else. And when you look at yourself, that's the only time that you are entitled to look with an element of criticism. And again, even then, the word criticism in English wouldn't match up to what the word is in the original Yiddish or the original Hebrew for that matter. But the, the ability to be able to look at yourself with a, an expectation, to be able to look at yourself with a, even a judgment, that's reserved for yourself. Looking at other people, there's no scope for criticism. It's just not on. It shouldn't exist. So I like that a lot. And Dafka, at the same time, Devorah has sent a similar message on Facebook, quoting John Gottman. For those of you who know John Gottman, he's a brilliant author on relationships and marriage. And he says, I didn't know this, but Devorah says, John Gottman always says, there's nothing constructive about criticism. So, there you go. Very, very interesting. And how interesting that somebody has then replied to Devorah's comment, actually on Facebook right now as we're speaking, saying that if he remembers correctly, there's a yom yom about it. <laughs> it's actually today's a yom yom. That's Zalman commenting over there. So take a look. It's actually today's a yom yom. What do you think? What do you think about constructive? Now, now you know why I put the word constructive in inverted commas earlier, because as you have correctly pointed out, both Andre and Devorah, Criticism isn't typically constructive. So what do you feel about the concept, the notion of constructive criticism? 0618951019. That's how you reach us on Telegram. Otherwise, send an SMS 34519. It doesn't seem like I need to tell you how to find us on social media because that's where everybody seems to be engaging at this point. If you've just joined us, this is Fresh Thinking. You are with Rabbi Ari Shishler. We do this on Thursdays. Talk about concepts, ideas, topics. Try and look at them from a different perspective, from a fresh perspective. So that's what we're doing over here today. And if you want to join the conversation, there are a whole lot of ways to do it. You can interact with us on social media, Twitter, Facebook. You can send SMSs on 34519. You can use the Telegram app to message directly 06189. Five one zero one nine. Question that launched today's conversation was the concept of so-called constructive criticism. Is it something that people should uh, do? Do not do? Is there such a thing as constructive criticism? Is there ever an, an opportunity to criticize another person? And because people have raised the oxymoron of it, that that criticism and constructive 
are contradictions in terms. So I'm going to ask you, has it ever happened? Have you ever successfully given somebody constructive criticism, just using that term, and, and accepting that the word criticism is probably misplaced? So constructive insight, that might be, or as Andre said earlier, constructive commentary or advice. Have you ever had an opportunity to share that with somebody and it was really life-changing for that person or on the re- in the reverse? Has anybody ever given you what felt like it might have been constructive criticism and actually turned out to be very insightful and possibly even life-changing? Now, Irving has a very interesting point here on Twitter. Irving says whether it's constructive or not is our decision. I, I really think we should pay attention to what he's saying because it's quite profound. Irving, Irving says like this. A criticism can be full of bad intentions, and still it is our decision how we choose to use it. Criticism is neither constructive nor destructive. We are constructive or destructive with ourselves. And what resonates about that, what's fascinating about that is we have a story in the Torah, well, in the in the Tanakh, story about an individual who gets up in public and curses King David. And what's fascinating about it is that King David takes the attitude that God sent this person to insult me, to curse me. Now, that wasn't constructive criticism. There was absolutely nothing constructive about it. It was an outright curse. And yet what King David heard in that curse was there's a message I need to hear right now. So it's coming from the worst place with the worst intentions. And simultaneously, it's something of value to me and I can learn from it. That takes a tremendous maturity and a tremendous self-confidence to be able to be in a position where you say, you're not going to rock my boat just because you're spewing vitriol and I'm going to flip it from being something that breaks me to something that builds me. I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to grow from it. That is incredible. It's a fascinating principle and something we really should look to try and to uh, inculcate into our own lives. And I think that that's basically what Irving is trying to tell us in his comment on Twitter. This is nice, even though I don't know if it's exactly on the topic, but Adrian responding to the question of whether or not constructive criticism, or how you know when constructive criticism is constructive, says, I haven't ever had the experience of constructive criticism that was in any way helpful. But listening to Zoom Shi'urim by a particular Chabad rabbi certainly opens one's mind to reflect many aspects of life and not exclusively limited to observance. So I'm curious now. This is not somebody I know, so if you think it's uh, self, uh, what do you call it? Self, um, uh, new? What's the word? I've gone completely blank. Uh, obviously I'm not good at it, right? Pushing yourself. So it's not. I don't know who this person is, and I am curious to know who the Chabad rabbi is that they listen to. Here is Brit on Twitter who says, the fact is, I, the fact that I have been touched by constructive criticism is not interesting. However, the source of the criticism was the most interesting aspect of the criticism. Now, that's a great way just to pique our curiosity, right? Totally pique our curiosity. What are you talking about? The source of the criticism. Really, really interesting. Cheski says, it's not so much what you say, but who you say it to. I'd like to flip that and say, it's not so much what the person is saying, but rather who is saying it. 
Okay, so Cheski is looking from the perspective of who is saying it too. I'm looking from the perspective of who is saying it. And the reality is, I think we're both effectively saying the same thing. And I'm going to come to that point in a moment because that's really, really what I feel is going to be the big takeout. The, the take-home message over here is going to be built around that, that particular concept of who's saying it to who. That's going to be a big part of, I think, the, the, the takeaway from this. Here's uh, Jerry. Jerry says, if the criticism is valid, then it's constructive. We typically don't like the way it is delivered. If it's delivered by someone we don't like, or if they say it as an insult or with sarcasm, then we're not going to listen. Giving helpful criticism in a helpful manner is hard to do even when it comes with the best intentions. And I think that's the reason why everybody says that at the end of the day, criticism is not a good word. It's not a word that we should be using and it can't ever be constructive. Advice can, insight can, conversation can. See, the thing with criticism is that it's usually one directional. The person steps into the space and says, this is what you are doing wrong or what you need to be doing differently. This is what I don't like or what, however they happen to word it. It's typically one directional. And by and large, one directional conversation, if you can call a conversation, typically is not effective. It's typically not what changes people. Whereas true conversation, where you now have two sides of the conversation, you show interest, you, you show curiosity about the other person, what is it that prompts you to behave in a particular way? Why did you do this in this particular way? I actually had an incident like this this week. Now that I'm thinking about it, gee, I'm actually quite impressed with the way I handled it. <laughs> now that we're having this conversation. So there was a particular individual who was meant to have consulted with me about about something they were doing and went ahead and did it their own way without consultation, which is fine. You know, you get to choose. And I just was surprised at the way they chose to do it because it didn't really make sense. So my knee-jerk reaction was to say to them, well, why did you do it this way? And instead modified it to say, you know, what was the thinking that prompted you to do this particular thing? In other words, like a curiosity. Just tell me. that. Maybe I missed something, you know. And that really, really changes the conversation and changes the interaction completely. Whereas criticism is, I think you did it wrong or what were you thinking? You know, an open-ended question like that that can be quite hurtful to somebody. So there you go. That's That's really interesting. Really interesting. So who's saying it and to whom and probably really, really importantly is how it's being said. Is it one directional or is it, is it something? I'm just laughing because Jared has just commented that constructive criticism needs to be given at a Fabrengen. Oh boy. I love that. And there's so much to unpack over there. And because we know each other, it's got added value. What do you think about so-called constructive criticism or whatever other term you prefer to use? to make it sound healthier than criticism. What do you think? How do you do it? How do we achieve it? Is it a good thing? When is it beneficial? Three four five one nine. You can send an SMS. You can also send a Telegram message on 061-895-1019. Otherwise, join the banter on both Twitter and Facebook. They're both lighting up at this point around this conversation. Clearly, people have issues where they've been hurt through constructive criticism. This is Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla. Definitely lighting up on the social media side. Some of the messages are longer, particularly on Facebook, and probably not going to get to them today. But there's no question about it. This 
topic of criticism, so-called constructive criticism, getting your message across to people in a way that will actually shift them and move them and help them improve is obviously a big conversation. It's obviously touched a lot of nerves for a lot of people, which is great. And so that's why I'm going to quote Michael, who's made a more humorous take on it. He says, is it constructive criticism to tell my Chabad rabbi that his thick Brooklyn accent is like listening to nails on a chalkboard for me? <laughs> I don't think that's considered constructive criticism. But I do think it's it's cute banter that exists between a rabbi and his community member, which is great. And so much can be achieved when you have that kind of banter. You've got to be careful, of course. People can be hurt in what seems to be humorous banter. But to be able to to joke around a little bit, to be able to be comfortable in each, in each other's space, definitely does help. does help. No question about it. So now here two people have posted something that is really similar, uh, Wendy and Chaya. Very similar and very close together, a couple of minutes apart. So Wendy says, perhaps criticism is a result of judging people, which is not for us to do. So the best way is zip your lips. And I agree with that because to judge people is terrible. And we do it all the time. We don't have context. We don't know what's going on. And the next step from judgment is criticism. At the same time, there are times where we dare not zip our lips. And that's the other part of this. There's a verse in the Torah that says, that there's a positive injunction in the Torah that if you see another person doing something which is inappropriate or harmful, you are required to, and I hate the English word over here, but I'm going to use it because it's the most common translation and it's not the most accurate translation. So they say you have to rebuke your friend. Rebuke. That's constructive criticism. But actually the root word of the word hoicheach is more to illustrate, more to direct, more to inform than to rebuke. But we do have a responsibility. It's not always good enough to zip our lips. Sometimes we have the responsibilities to, to speak up, particularly when it's our children, when it's our students, when it's people who we know that we have influence over, and particularly when they're doing something that is self-damaging. It's not good enough then to say, ah, I don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't want to, I don't want to be judgmental. It's not that simple. And Sakhaya says, you only give constructive criticism to someone you have a very strong relationship or connection with so that it's coming from a place of love. If not, be quiet. And that's really the point I wanted to get to is the same verse in the Torah that tells us that we have a responsibility to point out misbehaviors and so, so, to, so to speak redirect people. I'm trying to avoid the word rebuke or criticize because those are words which are loaded and triggering. So the fact that the Torah expects us to get involved and to take somebody by the hand and say, you're going down that path, actually you've got to go down this path, is in a very specific context. The, the specific context is that you should not have any animosity in your heart towards that person. That's how the Torah frames it. So if, and I think this comes back to Andre's point, that constructive and criticism don't go hand in hand. They cannot. They're antithetical to each other. I think that's exactly the point. And Devorah said the same thing, quoting from John Gottman, that at the end of the day, if you really care about somebody, it won't be a criticism. And if you're criticizing somebody, even if it's in the most cr uh, constructive, balanced, unemotive way, if, it, if it's not based on care, deep, meaningful care that that person can absolutely pick up on, 
then it's not going to be constructive and it cannot be constructive. It's only when somebody knows that we absolutely care about them, we absolutely value them, that we, that it's unconditional. The, the fact that we value and love them is unconditional. Only then are we going to be able to share something with them that's going to intend to modify their life and they'll hear it from a perspective of, but you value me. You obviously care about me. That's why I'm going to listen to you. Now, we all know this as a truth from our own lives because we all know that there are certain people, the minute they open their mouths, we shut off completely. And there are other people who could say really hard things to us and we thank them for it. It's not because the one is wiser than the other. It's not because the one has a more eloquent way of sharing their criticism than the other. It's that the one feels like criticism and the other feels like love. And that's really the point. When the Hayom Yom that we read today says you should embrace bikoris, which I translated generically as constructive criticism, what it's actually saying is you should embrace the fact that there are people who care about you who are going to examine things about your life and say, I don't think you're on the right track over here. And it won't feel or sound like a criticism. It will sound like an insight. It will sound like something which which builds you, which directs you, because you know that this person cares and loves you. Here's Rabbi Tzvi Patinsky on Twitter, who says, in sixth grade, my elementary school principal said something that changed my life. I don't feel like this was necessarily a direct criticism, but anyhow, he says, the, the rabbi said there are two ways to get ahead in life. The one is to pull yourself up. The other is to push others down. Always cho choose to pull yourself to the top. Great advice. That's advice about criticism, right? If you want to move yourself forward, don't go down some power trip, which is all about criticizing everybody else and showing them what's wrong with them, which probably is just an indicator that there's some significant self-doubt that, that we have because that's why we feel we have to put everybody else down and rather pick yourself up. So that's that's good. Now, somebody's challenging me over here on Twitter. A video is challenging me on Twitter. Who says that my rebuke comes from love? Because I was saying, you know, you go out there and criticize the person, but from a perspective, and not criticize, but direct the person, give the person feedback, give them insight, it, a constructive commentary, to use Andre's term earlier. That has to come from a position of love. So a video is saying, well, how do you know? We are imperfect beings most of the time. Our rebuke comes from a desire to ascend over the offender. And that's the problem. That's exactly the problem. That's what uh, Rabbi Patinsky was saying before. If my goal is to push others down in order to lift myself up, that is pathetic. I should lift myself because I lift myself, not because I have to step over. You know, the Talmud tells a story about one of the sages and his students asked him, well, what do you, you've lived this incredibly long life. What do you attribute this to? And he said, amongst other things, he said one of the things is that I never stepped over the heads of my students because the students used to sit on the floor. And if the rabbi would enter the room after the students had already gathered, he'd have to walk in between them. And it looked like he was stepping over their heads. So he was very conscious of this. He didn't want to step over their heads in order to get to his seat. And he attributed his long life or one of the reasons to that. And perhaps there's a message in that. Perhaps the message is it's not about stepping over people. It's about stepping. Stepping on people in order for people to lift themselves up, to make themselves feel better about themselves. And that, for sure, is never going to be helpful, not to the person we're so-called trying to give the constructive criticism to, and not to ourselves. We're not doing ourselves a favor. 
by being the great critic of everybody else, the great preacher to everybody else. We're not doing ourselves a favor. The goal and the objective is to connect with people, to care for people, to love people, and to raise ourselves and those people. This is Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla. And we're kind of wrapping up already at this point, which is a pity because the messages are flying in. It just doesn't surprise me. I think anything to do with either sharing or receiving criticism is going to touch a nerve for many, many people. My question was, how do you know if constructive criticism is in fact constructive? And what's come back very clearly is that most people don't believe that constructive belongs in the same phrase as the word criticism because they're antithetical to each other. And I tend to agree with that. Because when the Torah does speak about the fact that we have a responsibility to redirect or correct other people when they're behaving in an inappropriate way, the Torah does say very clearly that the, pre- the prerequisite is that we don't have any hatred or animosity towards that person within our, within our hearts. And so we've got to, we've got to have this mutual trusting relationship with the person who we hope to guide, direct, uh, offer, again, I'm being so careful with the words over here, rebuke, not a popular word, but it's a commonly used word, criticize, not a healthy word, but a commonly used word. So what we really should be working on more than anything else is towards others, compassion, care about other people, be curious about other people, try and understand what's going on in their lives rather than just jumping to the conclusion that they're doing something which is inappropriate and they deserve criticism. When looking at ourselves and dealing with ourselves, be open to hear what people have to say, that vulnerability to listen to what people have to say. And I, I don't know if I'm ready for this, but probably it's probably a good idea to even invite that insight. Ask people, the people we work with, members of our family, part, members of our community, obviously not people on the periphery, people that we care about. It's probably a good thing to invite them and say, Help me out of here. Give me some insight. How am I doing as a human being? How am I doing as a friend? How am I doing as a boss, an employer, an employee? How am I doing as a spouse? How am I doing as a parent? How am I doing as a child? It's hard. It's very challenging to have those conversations, to open ourselves up, to be vulnerable like that. But I believe that that could well be exactly what this Hayom Yom, which stimulated our whole conversation today, is all about. Love and embrace that constructive criticism because it will lift you. That doesn't mean embrace the criticism of others because that's not going to help not you and not them when you're dealing with others any engagement with another person has to come from compassion and honesty and a sense of the best what's in their best interest how am i going to help them and in order to get there, i need to be curious and understand who are they how do they operate why do they make the decisions that i don't necessarily resonate with but when we're dealing with ourselves there's huge value in opening ourselves up to saying or to hearing what is the feedback I'm getting? Or how can I get feedback? Because that kind of insight into ourselves from other people, that's the kind of thing that will absolutely lift us and elevate us. So, takeaway, today's takeaway, care about others and learn from them. Hear their story and open ourselves up to hear what people are really saying about us, not what we want to hear them saying about us. Those are transformative experiences. I want to thank everybody who participated because there, and there's much more than we actually got to today. There really are a lot of messages on this topic. So a lot of food for thought for me and really good insights. So thank you all for that. This is how we roll when we're thinking fresh, when we're thinking out of the box. So 
please God, we all find the guidance that we need to become better people and we give the guidance others need in the most loving and appropriate way. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Please God, same time, same station next week.